Today, we review this term's most notable Supreme Court cases and discuss what the rulings mean going forward. It all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez today, joined by Stu Bergier, host of Stu Does America, which is having another power hour. <laughs> uh, what is it? Next, Next week. Friday. Yeah, yeah, a, week a week from today. And look, it's if you've tuned in in the past, you know they can get a little crazy. So make sure that and you you've been in. recruited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. For your, I mean, you've been to all of them. Yes. But you were the designated driver for the first one. I because was. Because you were pregnant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you can do the full power hour with us for the first time, which I've understood you've agreed to. No, well, wait, be, no, no, wait, no. I thought I was still. <laughs> that's, I, we have your signature on a piece of paper. It wasn't me. I, I can't confirm or deny whether it was oh, you. We have a lawyer right here. That would be that would be really, really, you don't want that. Okay, let me just tell you. Uh, you thought it was bad with Chad. Mm. Let me just I tell you. I did think it was bad with Chad. Yes, I did. <laughs> I did. We, we also have, I'm so excited, he is back with us, Jeremy Dice, who is special counsel over at First Liberty. And um, I actually, I messaged you the other day because I was like, I saw your face right there front and center on the Daily Wire's uh, breaking news. Because, of course, you were one of the uh, lawyers involved in this Supreme Court case mm-hmm. with Coach Kennedy. Um, and I message you like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited for you guys. So I'm glad that you were able to make it today. I'm here to provide sober analysis. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And, and possibly talk of Ernest. Yes, mm, of yes. course. I am the, as has been said on national radio, I'm the, the leading expert on Ernest Matters. You are. So, you are Ernest yeah. enthusiast himself, Jeremy Dice. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that follows me around. It's great. <laughs> so, uh, so let's let's talk about the, that case first, since the obviously Ernest case or the okay, just making sure <laughs> yes. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, because you, obviously you were um, heavily involved in this one, uh, Supreme Court handed a win to this is former Washington high school football coach who lost his job over reciting a prayer on the 50-yard line after games. Um, and at issue was whether a public school employee praying alone but in view of students was engaging in unprotected government speech. And if it's not government speech, does it still pose a problem under the First Amendment's establishment clause? Uh, the Supreme Court ruled on this 6-3 to three, uh, that the answer to both of those questions is no. Jeremy, I'm going to let you kind of take the take the reins here because I'm talking about it and I'm like, I feel <laughs> underqualified to talk about it when the guy who handled the case was right here. Yeah, it's a great case. In fact, I just sent Coach Kennedy to the airport. So I've spent the entire oh, right. week with him. He's been here. We've been yeah. celebrating. We it's met him. He was lovely. Seven years in the making almost now. 2015 wow. is when this thing happened. Coach Kennedy made a commitment back in 2008 that when he was going to be a football coach, he would take a knee in private prayer by himself at the 50-yard line following every football game that he coached, win or lose. He did that, started it. Some kids took notice. They said, hey, coach, can we pray with you? Can we, is, like, what are you doing? Is it I'm praying? Can we join, join you? He goes, look, it's a free country. Because mm-hmm. he didn't want to encourage. He couldn't discourage. He didn't. He was kind of stuck. And so sometimes the kids would come out. They got beat by like 40 points. They wouldn't come out. So it's just beat himself. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so for you know eight years or seven, seven years, he, he would be there praying in the 50-yard line. And then somebody in 2015, an opposing team, complimented the school district about what was going on in the 50-yard line. It wasn't a complaint. It was actually a compliment Hmm. and a proof that no good deed goes unpunished. The school district does an investigation. They find out that he's doing this. They say, look, you got to stop that. You can't be praying with the kids. There's some back and forth. We got involved. And the coach was like, look, I get it. 
I may have my points of agreement or disagreement, doesn't matter, your rules, whatever, I'll stop praying with the kids. He stops, he never goes back to praying with the students wow. ever again. But he says, I'm gonna go back to what I used to do, I'm just gonna do this by myself. The kids will be somewhere else, I wanna do this by myself. They basically said that's not good enough, um, and it took a little bit of time, but eventually they suspend him. When they suspend him, they issue a, uh, a statement, and, and they say, that here's the results of our investigation. There is no evidence of any student ever being coerced into praying with Coach Kennedy. Should have been right. the end of it right there, but right. it wasn't. Uh, they fire him after the suspension because he, was, he, was, uh, he could be seen engaged in a religious activity in view of the students, and that was sufficient to, to cause coercion. So this is like coercion by sight idea here. <laughs> Uh, so fast forward, we finally get to the Supreme Court of the United States after we lost five times. Yeah, that's Jeez. not a great record right there, but we, we win the one that matters. Yeah. Uh, we win before the Supreme Court on Monday. Justice Gorsuch says, look, this is just a simple religious activity here. You guys forgot about the, the free exercise clause and the free speech clause. Oh, and that you can't fire people because they're religious. Right. You committed all three of those things. You violated his free exercise rights by using the establishment clause to beat him up with it. You violated his free speech rights when he started to talk about it. And because he's religious, you fired him. Well, that's discrimination, too. So Coach Kennedy did nothing wrong. The, the, the school district there did everything completely wrong. They were the ones that engaged in discrimination. There's a lot more to say about that case, but the bottom line is that the court said to every school district in the country, you have to show respect for religious activity like this. If it's a coach taking a knee in prayer, mm -hmm. wearing a crucifix around their neck, they've got ash on their forehead after Ash Wednesday, they're wearing a yarmulke, a hijab, whatever it might be, you can't fire people because they engage in a simple act of religious expression like that. I, I, I um, Stu, I wanna get your thoughts on this, but I'm so, like, I, I feel like I'm very discouraged that it took that many courts saying no. You know what I mean? Well, don't it forget it was seemed, the Ninth Circuit, after all. Well, right, but you said you lost, what, five times? Five times. It just seems preposterous to me that, like, this seems like such a cut-and-dry case here. I'm a little concerned that, uh, that yeah. you lost that well, look, many the, times. The, the attorneys, the school district's actually been, they're good friends with the coach, and it's been kind of awkward, obviously. His wife was the HR director, to give you sort of a sense of that, right? He had to, oh, he had no. to, had to sue his that. wife, right? But he, uh, you know, the, the, the attorneys got involved, and the, the school district hired the Americans United for Separation of Church and State to, to, to represent them. They've got their own agenda on this, mm -hmm. and, and they created some facts that weren't exactly reality, and the Supreme Court bought the correct facts, the mm -hmm. ones that were actually in reality. The Ninth Circuit kind of helped them out as well, uh, saying that kind of confusing the facts and conflating it with student prayer and all that just didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And so by the time we got to the Supreme Court, they finally got to, to, the, to the bottom line of what actually occurred here and realized that this is just a coach praying by himself. This should not be surprising to anybody. And what's more, the Supreme Court did away with one of the worst cases in our modern history called Lemon versus Kurtzman. That case is now finally dead. Justice Scalia used to describe that as a ghoul that walks about at midnight, only you know, dying once only to be raised, resurrected later on and walk around as if it's the undead. Uh, <laughs> and, and we finally have interred the, 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 the lemon test. That ghoul is gone. So what that means right now for coaches and teachers is that they have the right to bring their, their constitutional rights through the schoolhouse gates, which is big enough in and of itself. But on top of all that, we're going to be able to use this precedent in a broad array of circumstances. No longer can someone say, well, I can see you engage in religious activity. I can see religious language on the wall over there. I can see a religious memorial over there. Uh, and then the, the establishment clause means you got to cu cut it down, shut it up, or whatever it might be. That's gone. Mm. Now they have to actually prove, well, that is actually causing me to be coerced. Uh, or they have to prove that it's against the history of our country and how we express religion in the public square. 
All of that is now reset thanks to the Supreme Court. It's a very big decision. Yeah, yeah mm. huge still. Well, congratulations on Thank the you. greatest one in five record uh, of all time. <laughs> uh, it really is an amazing yeah. thing. And I, you know, we, we, I've been doing radio with Pat uh, this week and as these cases have been coming down, and I've gushed over First Liberty Institute mm -hmm. several times because the work you guys have done, it's not just this case, and we'll get to some of the others uh, as we go, but it's been inc incredible. Uh, the, I mean, this organization has pushed for religious freedom and won over and over and over and over again. COVID is another one that we've mm -hmm. talked about before, where you guys push back on, on the limitations the government was trying to, uh, to. Actually, we have attorneys right now deposing the number two admiral in the Navy mm. that in, in that case. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> as we're sitting here talking. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Wow. Sounds like fun. Uh, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, this case, I think, quite clearly uh, illustrates the fact, which has always been true, but is now clarified, that your religion doesn't stop when you walk out of your house or out of your church. I know Anna Navarro was on TV and she said she was Catholic when she was at church, which I don't know. Now she can be Catholic outside those doors, which would be nice. <laughs> I actually don't think she wants to be Catholic. I don't think she wants to doors, be either. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you brought up the Yamako example, which is a really yeah. pr profound one. I mean, can you imagine if this country tried to say to a Jewish teacher, hey, you can't wear your your yarmulke in class. I mean, I can imagine it, but hopefully now that there's a, a nice big brick wall there so that these places won't attempt this stuff anymore. And if it does, if they do attempt it, it'll be shot down immediately by the lower courts. It's a huge advance uh, for our uh, for our country. Uh, I want to say advance for our country. It's it's resetting what is reality. That's it's exactly what it's supposed right. to be the yeah. whole time. Yeah, people have not understood that we are more free today than we were on Monday morning. Uh, and they've mm -hmm. bought the, the separation of church and state idea for so long, they've forgotten what it actually really mm -hmm. means. And Justice Gorsuch put that to right. One of my favorite, social media has been great to watch this week and, and on many <laughs> respects, but especially <laughs> in this case, people have been melting down. And, and they try to do this sort of own that is popular on Twitter. Like, well, you, this would have been a totally different outcome if it had been Muslim winning or a Jewish <laughs> or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. you know what? You're actually right. It would have been a completely different outcome. It would have been nine to nothing yep. at the Supreme Court, not six to three. Mm. Actually, it never would have happened yeah. because no one would dare do that to uh, a Muslim or you know someone else. Like right. the, the school would have never even treated them that way. And, to be clear, and they still I, have their job. To be very clear, if Coach Kennedy had been Muslim or Buddhist or any other, I would have been on an earlier flight to go yeah. represent him because he deserves it as much as anybody else does. Religious liberty for one faith tradition is religious liberty for all of them. Yeah. So we protect them all. Yeah, one of some you know blue check on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. It was tweeted something to the effect of like, oh, well, this clears the way for people to chant Allah Akbar in the stands. And it's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it didn't, I mean, this shouldn't be responsible. They could always do that. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's absolutely protected. I, the left loves to do that. They yep. think, because they have built up in their minds what they think the real reasons for us pr promoting these things are. When we talk mm -hmm. about stuff like the Second Amendment, for example, they are sure that they just want white people to yeah. be able to shoot black people or something. And then they say, well, what if black people were to have guns? And we say, yes, yeah. amen, yeah. they can. I it's constitutionally guaranteed. Guaranteed, we'd love that. <laughs> the same thing here. You know what? If it, it doesn't matter what your religion is, that's not how the country. The country was not founded to say only this religion can exist. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be protected for everybody, mm -hmm. and it is now at, le at least closer than it has been in a long time. So I want I want to go uh, into one of your other cases, Jeremy, which was the uh, last week, the one on um, Maine. Uh, and schools, and tell, tell us about that one. Yeah, so out of Maine, Maine had this weird uh, policy. Well, Maine, Maine has kind of a rural population, right? Mm -hmm. So they don't have, it doesn't make sense for them to build schools in every single town because they're, they're so spread out. Right. 
And so instead of doing that, they've made the decision that they would just simply give vouchers, they give money to the parents to be able to send their kids wherever they want. They want to send them down to the public school, the money follows the kid. They want to send them to private school, the money follows the kid over there. Fine. Except then Maine said, but you can't actually, you can use that money at any private school unless they're religious and they actually believe what they teach. And, and so they, they said you can't do that. And so we had to take them again back to the Supreme Court. Uh, again, a case you didn't, wouldn't think should have to go to the Supreme Court to figure this out. Right. I loved how uh, the, uh, the, the justices wrote about this. They said, uh, we've been really clear on this point <laughs> multiple times that you can't do this, right? As recently yeah. as last term and in the case called Our Lady of Guadalupe, uh, and then before that, Espinosa and others all say the same thing. If you're going to give money out like this, if you're going to make a general benefit program mm -hmm. available, you can't say, well, you can send it to, you know, the, uh, the local private school that is secular or whatever the, the name of the local public school is. But if they want to go to John Paul II Catholic School, well, hold on a second. We can't send the money over there because that would be an establishment of religion. Now, see, people get this completely backwards. And, and Coach Kenny is a great example of that. Justice Sotomayor, in her dissent, talks a lot about the separation of church and state. Well, let's stop and remember, number one, that's not in the Constitution. That's, that's extra constitutional, if you will. But let's deal with the concept. Well, the concept is really two different institutions going against each other, the church and the state, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in Kennedy's case, just like in Maine, there's no church. There's only the state. There's mm -hmm. the state against individuals. And in Kennedy's case, you had the state coming down hard on the individual. Little old Joe Kennedy got fired for doing what? Freely exercising his faith. Well, the free exercise clause thankfully protected him. And that same thing in Maine. You've got parents, little old parents that are in the middle of nowhere, Maine, that had the state come down and saying, well, no, you can't exercise your faith that way. You can't have your kids learning at the dinner table the same thing they learn in the school building. That would be using misappropriating funds or whatever. Uh, so, hey, you know what? Two wins of religious liberty by our firm in the same week. Yeah. And that, that, that's a, we've had a pretty good June. Yeah, yeah, it really is huge. Yeah, I'm glad the separation of church and state is finally getting this, you know, the beat down it deserves. Uh, you know, the foundation of this is what, a letter? It's like a letter yeah. from like Jefferson to, to a pastor. And the pastor was concerned about the other way around. He wasn't concerned about the state or the, 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 church, the church squashing yeah. the state. He was worth, worried about the state squashing the church. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is really like a... a I don't even know if the left believes this stuff at, at times. You know, I mean, you, you, you look at people like Sotomayor, who, I, again, like I, I, Kagan is very liberal, but like seems to have a grasp on the various issues in front of her in, in most cases. Sotomayor at times, I just can't. I, I, she seems to be in a totally different category. I don't yeah. even know. I mean, she, it almost seems like fan service, like a liberal, you know, fanfare yeah. um, constantly. But like, this is a case where, you know, the main one's a really interesting one. And I like it not only for religious freedom, but just for private education mm -hmm. as well, which mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm yeah. a big supporter of. So, yeah. I mean, I actually like the policy quite a bit uh, in Maine. Agreed. It, yeah. As long as it's, um, if, if it's spread out to uh, religious schools as well. As a as policy it, matter, it every state legislature should be moving yes. very quick right now to give the money to the kids, let them go where they want to go. Yeah. It's interesting, uh, neither of the defendants in this, these cases seem to have gotten the full message and the import of these cases. In the case of Carson v. Macon, the, the case in Maine, uh, there, the, the attorney general came out and basically said, well, that may be, but you know, if they don't support the, the SOGI laws, if they don't have a non-discrimination statement that's sufficient, then they can't have our money either. 
So we may have to go back to the Supreme Court all over oh again based upon the fact that some of these schools, like uh, Christian schools, don't agree to the non-discrimination statements and laws that are required of other institutions in the state of Maine. So that may get restarted itself. Jeez. In in uh, Washington, we're sitting by the phone all week waiting to find out when Coach has got to show back up for two-a-days, right? We've yeah. had no call so far. Like, this case is over. There's no remand in this case. It's reversed mm-hmm. and the directed to have summary judgment for Coach. So he's entitled to his relief. What relief did he want? He didn't ask for back pay. He wanted reinstatement. Mm-hmm. So make me a coach again and let me pray on the 50-yard line when I get back there. Uh, so we're just we're still waiting to find wow. out when he's got to be back up and uh, up there for practice with his team. I think this has been That's one of the weird. most fascinating parts about this is because I, we talked to Jeremy and Coach Kennedy when they were in mm-hmm. town. In fact, we're going to air some of that tonight on Studios America. If you All haven't right. seen it, it's worth hearing the whole story. But what I found fascinating about him, it was like he didn't like – hate these people at the school. He, like, kept defending them. I was going after them, and he kept defending them. He's like, actually, they're pretty good people, and we really do like them. He I mean, he was really, he, he does yeah. seem to actually really want his job back. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but you don't, are, are you skeptical as to whether you get that phone call? No, I, it's, there's no option around this. He'll be back on the field. We'll just have to figure out how much that's going to cost the school. Mm. Mm. Well, you'll have to keep us posted on that. Um, <laughs> we were talking about the uh, the state of schooling in this country. It's a perfect time to thank our sponsor, Freedom Project Education. So, uh, look, if you watch this program, you are no stranger to the idea that these leftist crazy people are indoctrinating your children into like sexually charged literature uh, propaganda on kids as young as five. You've got CRT going on and there are even reports of teachers secretly hosting drag shows for students, of course, without the consent of the parents. If you want a real education for your child and you can't find it in your state. You need Freedom Project Academy. They've got live online learning. They've been doing it since way before COVID, so they have it perfected. They are built on Judeo-Christian values and classical curriculum, and they're going to teach your children how to think, not what to think. All right, you got to go to freedomforschool.com. Get your child enrolled uh, before spots fill up, and they are filling up. That is freedomforschool.com. Yesterday, the Supreme Court limited the power of the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, say that three times fast, to regulate greenhouse gas emissions from power plants. This is obviously uh, a pretty big blow to Joe Biden's climate change uh, agenda. And uh, the court was divided 6-3, obviously along ideological lines, uh, in finding that Congress, through the Clean Air Act, did not grant the EPA the authority to adopt on its own a regulatory scheme to cap carbon dioxide emissions from power plants to combat global warming. Uh, This was Chief Justice John Roberts who wrote the majority opinion. And uh, again, I mean, we know who dissented. So um, I really do love winning. I, it's, it, is fun. Fun. Yeah. it is more fun. It is really fun. Yeah. I love it. I, I'm so used to losing in the Supreme Court. My entire life has been nonstop losing. So, so, so listen, Trump was like, you're going to get tired of all the winning. And I, I was this, like, I don't know. And I, he, I'm not tired of it, though. I'm not tired. Of, he's wrong. Yeah. Donald Trump was wrong on that. I'm not tired of it at all. Uh, he deserves a lot of credit, as we've talked yes, about before, yes. for, for his three picks who have been on the right side you of mean, most of these things. There was another case on his border policy where Kavanaugh was yeah, on the we're going to talk about that uh, We'll later. get to that here in a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is a huge one. I, in fact, like, um, 
This is not the biggest case right. of, of this Supreme Court uh, session. Obviously, you know, we can talk about Obviously, Jeremy's Wade, cases Jeremy's cases were, were huge. Um, the <laughs> Second Amendment case was huge. But, you know, not everybody uh, owns a gun. Uh, I am not at any point soon planning on getting an abortion. Was not That was not going to happen. Really? Uh, yep. I think we're, we're clear to that huh. one. Um, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, they don't, no one gets mad at me when I say God on the air here uh, at The Blaze. So, like, a lot of this stuff doesn't hit everybody, right? Mm. This one does. This case, this EPA case, is massive for every single thing that this government tries to do to you. Uh, it really does limit, and I think it's going to be, I, I read it as pretty broad. I, I kind of wish, if you read the Gorsuch occurring, uh, concurring opinion, uh, it's even better, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, it, he seemed to even want to go farther. But Roberts was pretty good, too. This, is a, this limits the, the right of these big, of the administrative mm-hmm. state to take little indications of intent and blow them up into massive economy uh, and life-changing alteration. That is huge. I mean, this was a terrible, uh, and once again, another lesson. We see uh, Obama, the same thing with uh, the Mississippi case, um, uh, where the left tries to, to push, 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 and grab all the power that they can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now it's really hurt them. I mean, you know, uh, Harry Reid back in 2013 comes through and says, hey, I, I, we're going to get rid of the judicial filibuster. Well, that led to this. That yeah. led to all the yeah. winning you're talking about. He's as responsible as Donald Trump in some ways uh, for this. And now you look at, at the case with the EPA. Obama knew he couldn't do this. He knew it. He knew he couldn't do this. He went through all these years saying he needed to get it through Congress. Congress needs to do this. Congress needs to do this. And then he decided since Congress wouldn't do it, he'd just do it himself. He'd find a little loophole and get it done. And even though that that rule that he tried uh, when he was president has been overturned, you know, Trump uh, got rid of it. It, it's going to wind up costing them a massive source of their power. And that is I. I'm excited you know, about if, that. If uh, people are upset by this, right, they're upset by the Dobbs decision or even the Carson and the Kennedy decisions or the New York Gun and Rifle Co- uh, Association decisions, they're all upset. The left is really bothered by the, the activism of the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah. let, let us quickly remind yeah. them that they have the House. They have the Senate. They have the White House. Why haven't they solved it? Maybe there's a reason why those three branches of, or two branches of the government, those three different houses in, in, the, in the White House, why haven't they resolved that? I mean, they've got the ability to provide the left's nirvana right now, mm-hmm. and they're upset by the Supreme Court not doing that for them. Maybe there's a reason why they keep those things in, in limbo so that people are angry and more power is accumulated in Washington. Look, the right does the same thing, and I don't like that either. But I mean, right now, they could do something about it. Why don't they do something about that? Which brings us then to the, the reason why these cases are so good, why this uh, EPA decision is so good. It has reined in the overreach of the state. Just to, just to kind of think about this, right? Think about baseball in this regard, right? Congress says we want the game of baseball to be played. The president says, good, I'll sign in the law, give it to my agencies to figure out the rules of the game. That means that every bat's got to be measured. They've got to come up with a rule for how long your bat can be, how soft the ball can be, how, many, how big your glove can be, how, how high the grass can be, what size the lines are going to be, how far the fences are going to be out there. There's a lot of deference within that that is given to all that, but it's got to stay within the main body of the rules of, of baseball itself. It has to still be baseball. You can't put goalposts out in center field because that's <laughs> football. You can't right. make the grass filled with, with uh, ice 
and say, well, we, get, we know better about what baseball actually is. No, that's not baseball. That's hockey. You're not allowed to do mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the administrative state has grown to so big and so large that it's effectively ignoring Congress to say, you know, we're going to choose, we're going to actually figure out what this game of baseball is. And pretty soon you've got, uh, you know, basketball nets and uh, <laughs> hockey goals and ballet slippers out in the center field because mm. they think that they know better about what the game of baseball actually is. In other words, you got Rob Manfred. So, <laughs> do, do, do you know, um, Jeremy, if or is there anyone, because I'm, in talking about this case, it makes me think of uh, the CDC when they just decided that there was going to be a rent you know, moratorium during COVID. Is anyone suing over that? Because I would love to see that one. About uh, the moratorium? I don't know about that. That's a great question. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's, since when does the CDC have the right to yeah. like make these decisions? It would be really great to have that played out and have a precedent set that they totally abused yeah. their power. One leads to the other, quite obviously, right? And there's big news this week also out of the out of the nation of New Zealand, right? Mm. That they're they're now taxing the burps of sheep and cows, <laughs> right? They've somehow come up with this mathematical that? figure that allows them to put a per tax capita. I don't know, but I mean, we're <laughs> hop, skip, and a burp away from that to be able to yeah. see that happening here if you allow the administrative state to do what they want. Yeah, yeah. and uh, to, you know, to your point on, on uh, the CDC, th- if I remember right, the Supreme Court did step in on that case and did they? And, and limit it. Yeah, and they, they did the same thing. They smacked down the um, uh, the vaccination, uh, a lot of the vaccination stuff as well. I do remember that. Yeah. I didn't remember the Supreme. Okay. Yeah, well, I think they did I step believe, in. I trust you more than me. Yeah, I, I, Jeremy. Will probably I can't remember. Just, yeah. Yeah. I've been busy with this yeah, week. Yeah, you've had some other stuff going on. Uh, but th- this is, I think, th- th- from a broad perspective, it does do exactly what you're saying. It, it, it means that these these uh, agencies cannot do this mm-hmm. anymore. As you point out, Jeremy, they can play with the length of the bat. They can play with, you know, the, the width of the stripe going down the foul mm-hmm. line. They cannot change it from baseball to hockey. They, anything big mm-hmm. uh, needs to go through Congress. And guess what? That's what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, fundamentally, what we've seen this week with this ruling and the Supreme Court uh, rulings uh, and opinions that have been issued over the past few weeks is an overturning of this alternate form of government that the left has created, where they have said, look, what we'll do is we'll give all the power to these administrative unelected bureaucrats in the administrative state so they can run the country from Woodrow Wilson's uh, dream back in the day and they can run it that way. And when they go afoul and obviously break rules, we'll have the Supreme Court there to say it's OK. And they've had this going for themselves for so freaking long, we barely even know notice it anymore. Mm-hmm. And finally, we're at a place where that has been pushed back and put back in its place. And I think you're going to see a lot. I mean, this is going to be wide ranging through these agencies. Yeah. I, I'm really excited about what might come out of this, because, you know, the fact that it was Roberts writing it, as I mentioned, you know, the Gorsuch concurrence was kind of more exciting. And a lot of times they are. Yeah. Um, the dissents are sometimes exciting when you're on the uh, losing side. But like the fact that Roberts is there, and Roberts has been pretty good on this and pretty good on religious liberty, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, we, 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 make, we bash him a lot, but he's, he was pretty good at least this time. Well, rightfully so. Uh, yes, uh, but, you know, the fact that he's there shows that there's six, right? Like, this is yeah. like, he, you know, he believes this, too. And if, 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 if they try to challenge it, which they will, they'll try to get away with stuff, there should be the votes there to keep smacking them down over and over again, at least for a while. Yeah, yeah and it's also going to go to the benefit of the citizenry as well. That's why you're seeing the mm-hmm. left on Twitter and other places Mind-boggled by this whole thing. It's like that scene from, is it uh, Bugs Life, you know, where the, the leaf falls in the middle of the line of ants. They've been following this idea of separation of church and state or uh, Roe v. Wade for so long. Yeah. 
now they're out of line. They don't know what to do with it. Like, I'm lost. I, mm-hmm. it, like, this is supposed to be my, my worldview of way of thinking, and it's been completely disrupted. Well, it actually hasn't been disrupted. You just bought into what the other side has fed you for so long that you've actually believed that that's what the Constitution says, yeah. that there is actually a words of separation of church and state in the First Amendment, but there isn't. Right. And so you need to go back and figure out what the Constitution actually does say and what it now means to our lives. When you figure that out, by the way, friends on the left, you'll love this country. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's a great freedom-loving place. Yeah. Um, okay, so it, fun, funny enough, funnily enough, uh, Jeremy, our sponsor is First Liberty. Oh, oh really? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to say, uh, if you appreciate and love the work that this guy right here is doing, <laughs> what you need to do is go over to First Liberty's website. They're just asking you to sign a letter uh, to say no to the Supreme coup. The Supreme Court coup is what they're they're calling it. They talk about court packing all the time. The left does. Yeah, what it, was it, 10 seconds after Roe versus Wade? We had Elizabeth yes. oh, yeah. Warren on TV yes. saying they want to add justices so That's they can like, start winning. Like, literally, this is not, it's not like conspiracy. Theory. They they literally are talking about this right now, trying to figure out how they can rig the system, uh, and obviously that's going to be completely catastrophic. So we don't want to let that happen. Uh, that is why First Liberty is asking you to sign their letter to say no to court packing. They're trying to gather um, a one million patriots to do it. You can go to SupremeCoup.com. That is SupremeCoup.com. Now we're going to talk about a uh, not-so-great outcome from the Supreme Court uh, that has happened this week. The Supreme Court ruled in a 5-4 decision that the Biden administration can repeal uh, President Trump's uh, migrant protection protocols. This is the Remain in Mexico policy is what it's commonly referred to as. This was reversing a lower court ruling uh, under the policy, of course, Migrants who are seeking entry to the United States uh, had to stay in Mexico as they waited for their hearing. Um, But as we know, the Biden administration does, in fact, want open borders and complete chaos. So they decided to reverse uh, and repeal that policy. It was previously blocked by a lower court. And um, this is this is not the one you want to lose. Like, I'm trying to, like, be appreciative of the victories that we got on religious liberty and uh, the Second Amendment. Um, and, you know, the, the climate change BS, but this one really hurts. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, uh, I, it's, it's a rough one, and I, I, I don't know exactly where this is going to go from here. Uh, it, this was sort of the, the arrangement of the court that every conservative has worried about uh, since the very beginning with the three liberals, Roberts and Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, 5-4 decision. You know, I, as a form of, I, I'd love to get Jeremy's thoughts on, on the constitutionality of all this and how this went down. But like, as, as far as a policy goes, it's obviously a good one. It's, yeah. it's obviously the correct policy right. in, my, in my mind. Uh, you know, having a border that's completely out of control, uh, and, and the fact that you know we negotiated with Mexico and Mexico agreed to this, like it's a really sensible solution. There's no reason why this, as a policy matter, should uh, should go away. Now, the way it was implemented initially was through the Trump administration. Administration. Um, and a lot of times the problem with doing, you know, with executive 
action like this is that the next president can come in and overturn it. Mm. And so, of course, Biden came in and wanted to do it. That got blocked at the lower court level. Yeah. Am I right on yeah. that, Jeremy? I think it's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I, I think it's... Uh, but if we're going to be consistent with the case we talked about previously to this one, you kind of have to say, well, shucks, it, it did go back and forth and it should go back and forth, which is, again, what we'll come back to what I said to the left, right? The, you have the House, the hat, you have the Senate, you have the mm-hmm. presidency. You know, the right had that, too, during this whole time, and they did nothing with it. So <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't know, be statesman here That's a great instead. point. That's a great point, that it's just that the executive branch doesn't have the power to do this. Yeah, and, and right. honestly, I would. that's kind of the way. I, th- I actually thought this one would probably be yeah. uh, go Biden's way. I, but I... I I've been spending so much time on these other cases. I hadn't really, I haven't really, you know, dove into this one as well. Same. The fact that I see, yeah, you're, you, <laughs> you have a much better excuse than I do. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that you have Alito and Thomas mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Amy Coney Barrett and uh, Gorsuch on one side of it makes me think that's probably the right side. Yeah. Um, but uh, which is kind of, you know, I think like the the lesson that the conservatives can learn from this is that. You also have to do the. You have to jump over these same hurdles whenever possible. Like executive action does something. You know, there's a lot of executive action during the Trump administration that we liked. Right? There's a, a lot of things that, that aligned with us policy-wise, but they they're ethereal, unfortunately, and they do go away. This you know this case uh, is one of those one of those examples. I don't know that even this policy, to be fair, however, could reverse the catastrophe on our border because of all the other policies that Biden's already able, uh, has already been able to overturn. So I don't know how much of a difference this particular thing is going to make to our border situation. It's going to be really, really bad or really, really bad. And so, I mean, this would make it, this would have made it a little bit better, a little bit more of a, of a, a sort of a, 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 a menu of, of options for our border guards to deal with these mm-hmm. types of problems. But even with, even with it, I don't think you're going to be able to stop all of this other stuff going on. It may in a very weird way, and I'm going to stay in my lane as a First Amendment attorney and not sure. opine too much on that law. But as a citizen, I'll just say it this way, that it may be the thing that we actually need to finally for the, the court to say, okay, y'all got to figure it out, mm. right? Uh, the policy way of doing things, the, the, as Obama said, the pen and the phone, that's not the right way to go about doing this. So ha- how about the Congress do something? That, that's a novel idea. that We can actually pass a law on this. <laughs> we may actually have to compromise on the right. We may have to actually compromise on the left to do something that actually puts a border on our southern border. Uh, you know, go ahead and do that kind of thing. That's okay for us to do. It's sort of like the Dobbs decision, too, that says... We're, you know, Roe v. Wade is gone, but that doesn't mean that the question of abortion is morally right. resolved all of a sudden. That just kicks it back down to the states. It resets the clock to 1972, so we can just go back and have that conversation. Uh, but uh, any state can come with a different solution. The same thing here. Hey, this, this is not the right way of going about doing this policy, right or wrong. And if you believe that right or left, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to pine on that. We have lawmakers for a reason, and you want to change the Constitution, we have a way to do that. You, use the, you can actually amend that thing. You can actually do that. Our founders kind of knew what they were talking about when they created this, this organization called government. We should actually try to use it sometime. It, it is frustrating, though, especially when you live in a place like Texas, because the Biden administration, I mean, to Greg, I don't like to give Greg Abbott much credit, but to his credit, he has tried to do uh, A.G. Ken Paxton, who I do like to give a lot of credit to because I love him. Um, but they they have tried doing things, taking matters into their own hands here in the state. And it, the Biden administration fights them tooth and nail right. every time they do try to do something like that. Yeah. And I do think that, that is going to backfire politically for the Biden administration. Yeah. It certainly is helping 
uh, the Abbott campaign right now and yeah. the good numbers for, for Paxton as well in that regard. But Biden has gotten, well, he's not going to flip the state. Let's just put it that way in 2024. It's not going to go well in the state of Texas. And I don't think most of the rest of the country feels any different. I think mm -hmm. they feel the same way that, hey, wait, you have a responsibility to actually ensure we have a country. Right. And he's not doing it. Yeah. yeah so because of your like, you're not only derelict of your duty, you're not you're tying our hands behind mm -hmm. our backs so we can't take matters into our own hands like that doesn't seem right um all right we got to take a uh, another quick break first we want to thank new sponsor of the program i'm really excited about this one it is moms for liberty so if you are and listen they're not if you're a dad, listen up too, because anyone can join. But if you're worried about the state of education in this country, uh, we talked about it earlier. They've got CRT, uh, SEL, a whole bunch of stuff that you don't want your children learning in schools. That is why there is Moms of Liberty. Uh, in only 18 months, they have grown to over 200 chapters in 37 states. Uh, gee, I wonder why. Maybe it's because of all of the COVID crap that was going on and all of these parents went, you know what? We've had enough. This year, from July 14th through the 17th, they, they are going to be in Tampa, Florida. They will be hosting the Moms for Liberty Joyful Warrior National Summit. Uh, you can attend the summit. It'll give you tools in your toolbox to create the positive change that you want to see in your community. They've got keynote speakers that are like G Governor Ron DeSantis. We love him here. Uh, Florida First Lady Casey DeSantis, Dr. Ben Carson, and so much more. Uh, Moms for Liberty is dedicated to fighting for the survival of America by unifying, educating, and empowering parents to defend their parental rights at all levels of government. You got to go there and check them out. It is momsforliberty.org slash Sarah. Go and join them. They are, look, if you agree with me on all of the school stuff, I know you watch my program, you don't co-parent with the government, you want to join them. Momsforliberty.org slash Sarah. We mentioned it earlier last week, the Supreme Court struck down a New York state law requiring applicants for a license to carry a gun outside of their homes to have a proper cause to do so. Uh, obviously, it violated the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution, which, you know, we keep talking about. And um, I'm wondering, as we're going through all of these cases, if certain members of the left have ever actually read it. The I Constitution? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they have. No. no. I, I'm really, certainly you know why? Gov the government of New York. I went all the way through constitutional law in law school. Two separate classes, con, con law one and con law two. Never read the Constitution. Really? Never did. Never read it. Wait, what? That's, that's consistent across almost no. all law schools. I promise you, it was, it was not a textbook for the course. What? what? I, I'm telling wait, you. Wait, but, but hold on a second. Okay. What did you learn? Like, what did they teach you? Now, then? you read case law that quotes from the Constitution, you but, hope, but you never read the actual Constitution itself. Isn't that crazy? That is so, that is that really crazy. That blew my mind. That's, that's both disappointing and enlightening, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I don't know how to feel or how to process uh, my emotions right now. Yeah, and very few law schools actually do prescribe that as a, as a text of the, of the class. And everybody wow. has to take a common law course. Huh, that makes yeah, so much sense I am now. a way downer in this discussion. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I don't even know where to go with this. I'm energy way down in this discussion. <laughs> I'm not sure what to say. I'm like, uh, I'm like aghast. It does seem like something that would be central to what you're doing. Uh, this so. is why you need to go to firstliberty.org and download a copy of the Constitution or where, mm. wherever you can find it. Follow us on our, 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 our mailing so that you at least know what the First Amendment says. Right. And then you can kind of branch out from there. So with, uh, you know, with, with that little caveat, go back to the show. It, it, well, it, I 
will point out uh, when you're talking about amendments, it is that like it's the first one on the docket. So yeah. you can get that one done right away. Just read yeah. it, let it soak in. Uh, and it, it'll be very easy. And if you're excited by that one, go to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> next one's great, too. The third Which one was, about having troops uh, stay in your home is never gets enough attention. It never gets enough attention. We like, an entire term with no Third Amendment cases yeah, again. it never happens. I keep trying to, every once in a while, I'm like, this is going to be my big cause. No one's talking about it. I'm going to start my own organization defending the Third Amendment, but no yeah. one ever seems to challenge Third it. Liberty Institution. Yeah, third, there we go. I like it. Uh, it's, uh, it, it looked, I think the Second Amendment case uh, in New York was a huge one, mm-hmm. uh, a huge win. Again, it, it to me, these are things that seem pretty obvious. Just like you can be Catholic outside of your church, you can also carry your firearm and execute your Second Amendment rights outside of your home. Uh, seems pretty obvious to me, but apparently not. And, and I think like the New York law in particular, and it was six, six other states, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, had the same or very like similar eight. one. Is there eight total? I thought it was seven total, but it's something like that. Yeah. Maybe D.C. is the one yeah, we were, yeah. uh, we're not talking about. But um, the uh, the idea that it was a may may issue as far as your license uh, to go and carry uh, as opposed to shall issue and the may issue was like okay well if you come up with uh, a great reason and I, I I've summarized it that way several times you got to come up with a good reason to get your but it's not even that it was worse than that it was you had to come up with an extraordinary reason mm-hmm. a reason that more than just like you're working late at night and in a dangerous area which you you shouldn't need to come up with any reason the point of it being a right is that you do not have to just it. If you have to justify it, it is not a right. And here's a situation where uh, the court properly recognized, uh, thank you, Clarence Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, saying that this is not a secondary, this isn't like, you know, in the, in the ash heap here, this isn't a, a second level right, it's not another kind of amendment that doesn't really <laughs> count in most situations. It's a constitutional right just like the others, and it was honored in that way, and it has been now in different, at different levels in three straight major gun cases. Uh, I still think there's a lot to do, though, on this issue. I, 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 you know, I think it goes farther than this, and I hope they get more cases, especially when the court looks like this. I made a really bad decision last week in that I went on vacation. Well, actually, I had to go to a niece's wedding, so that was a great decision, but she made a bad choice about when to get married. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't hold that against her at all. Love you, Hannah. Uh, the, the, but I, I did peek at this decision last week, and I, I caught one paragraph. By, remember, this is by Justice Thomas, who's notably an African-American justice sitting on the Supreme Court of the United States. That's important to this mm-hmm. discussion mm-hmm. because he's got this great paragraph that goes back, you know what, a prologue is in order for this, which is just a great way to start a phrase, but a prologue is in order for this opinion. And he goes back and talks about the Dred Scott decision, and he quotes from Justice Tawney, Judge Tawney, uh, in that horrid decision. And he, I'm going to paraphrase now, but Justice Tawney basically says, look, if we were to do what Dred Scott wants us to do here, then they would be entitled to all the rights under the Constitution, and that includes carrying a weapon concealed mm. in- so, I mean... They were making the same argument the left yeah. is making on Twitter now. Right. right. Oh, no. Right. The right. African-American <laughs> population would actually be entitled to the Constitution. Right. Yeah. That's kind of frightening. Yeah. Here. That's what just, that's what they were saying in Dred Scott. No, this is a great thing. You're right, Stu, that the Constitution doesn't make you come up with, or the, the Bill of Rights doesn't make you come up with a, an extraordinary reason to be able to exercise your Second Amendment rights, or for that matter, let's not let that plague spread. Do I have to give an actual reason, like an extraordinary reason why I can worship somewhere? Right. No, it's not, it's not a right if you have to come up with that idea. Would so. I have to give an extraordinary reason so that soldiers would not be quartered in my home? <laughs> Join Third in- Liberty Institute today. <laughs> right, right. we got to take a break. We'll be back. I love this. Um, that was not the sacred group. <laughs> Just 
just a programming note, we will of course be gone on Monday. It is in fact the 4th of July, so Lazy. happy and happy Independence Day. Uh, oh, do you have a show on Monday? Yeah, on demand. Just check well, it out. in that case, me too. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, but also Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm actually taking time off. So we will not be here uh, Monday, Lazy. Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> you know what? Uh, that's fine. You can <laughs> okay. call me that. Uh, but we I will be back. I don't have a show any of those days. Thursday. So. <laughs> um, are you guys doing anything fun for the 4th? Um, gosh, you know, I don't know the next thing I'm doing as soon as I leave here other than doing my show tonight. Um, yeah. That's the way my life works. Lisa, oh. my wife, will tell me. Uh, what right. I'm doing next. Uh, I'm going to go hang out with my kids because I haven't seen them all week. I've been Aww. talking to people like you all week. And it's great, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. my people are much better than your people. Mm -hmm. Oh. I'm true. sorry. My people are much better than you people. <laughs> I'm sure he's right. What? I'm sure yeah, he's right. Yeah, yeah, you probably are right. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to be going to uh, to the lake for some nice uh, relaxation because what else is there to do in Texas during the summer other than be by a body of water that you can cool yourself off in? Uh, and, and again, don't forget, Stu Does America 500th episode anniversary power hour. Yeah, uh, so it's a very catchy name. Yeah, I don't. Mm -hmm. It rolls off the tongue, mm -hmm. I feel. Thank you. It's uh, July 8th, so that is a week from now. Make sure to tune in. What it, Stu does powerhour.com? Yeah, check it out. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Get there, Sarah. Oh my gosh, that's going to be a, a heck of a time. And I am, I just want to say for the record, I de designated driver, sort of. Sort of. A little bit. <laughs> I don't, ish. Okay. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.